Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Twit Specials is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. And I'm Aya Zaktar. And we are live at the Maker Fair. This is the first time I've been at this thing live. I know you are going to show me everything about this because you've been here. I've been here a few times. I can, I can show you around a little bit. Been there, done that, but it's there. still new. It's always new and different because there's always more people bringing stuff and doing things because this is the world's largest DIY festival. So let's get walking. Yeah, so right now we're trying walking to get talking. to the Coke Zero and Mentos. Yep, the Coke Zero <laughs> and, and Mentos uh, Exhibit. It's you know the uh, the EP Bird fountain with the Coke Zero. They drop the Mentos into it's the bottle, code. and the fountain happens. There's big spraying, and this is all due to super saturation and nucleation. No, in the, case you didn't know. The weird thing was, like, I think that started off as a viral video. It looked like something that looked like it was all set up. It was all rigged. But science means it proved it was true. We saw it on Mythbusters. We've seen it in a lot of other places. It is absolutely true. I've tried it myself. You can try it at home for sure. Um, so we're going to head up there and see if they're still performing. But in the meantime, we're passing by some great food. Yeah, somebody, this, somebody makes food, this right? Is a, this is a fair. <laughs> so there's plenty of fresh food here. We got what fruit shakes back there. There's barbecue in the air. I haven't really had a chance to check out, you know, any of the food here yet today, but mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we're heading right now into the West Lot at Maker Fair, and here in the West Lot, there's a bunch of uh, solar stuff, electric cars, um, like we said, the Coke and the Mentos. We also have um, Homegrown Village, where it's a lot of people who have you know, grown their own stuff. It's an agriculturally based village. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but there's some like steam engine stuff going on yep. to our left side. Yeah, there's, um, this is, a, I, for, I don't know what it's, I don't remember what it's called, but it's, it is steam powered something. It's or the steam. Kinetic Steamworks. That's right, Kinetic Steamworks, you've got it. Um, now, this isn't necessarily the greenest thing here at Maker Faire. Yeah, you're telling me it was actually, it, it's steam powered, but to get the water hot enough, you gotta use coal. So it's yeah. not necessarily green, yeah, That's so basically why. if you think of like a steam engine, the um, you know, locomotives of, of old, it's use it's powered off of coal. Coal that's boiling water that's building up steam pressure and um, making a lot of things move. And I think one of the, the things kinetic kinetic aspect. One of the things know? we've noticed is that this is a fair, so there's people everywhere. So we're running people over left and right. I know we are running so, people uh, over. So we want to apologize right now. <laughs> if you're watching this and you're at the maker fair. Yeah. So this is the steam, the kinetic steam works. Yeah. So uh, these guys, um, I saw this guy driving this this Buffalo Springfield. It looks like a road press or something. There's a big flat yeah. drum on the end of the vehicle that they uh, that that they use now. I saw him driving this yesterday when we were here for Education Day, and he said that he fa he he was able to, uh, I guess purchased this vehicle in Truckee, Nevada. Where did he drive this thing? He drove it around the lot here or did he drive it <laughs> yeah, to he was, here? He was I don't think he drove it to here. Okay. He was driving it around the property though. It was pretty it was pretty neat to see it go. Wow, but, that looks yeah, like Yeah, so something it's a else. big big steam pre steam vat, so there's really really high pressure inside of uh, the I guess the engine, the 
the engine so works. So we could potentially have an explosion right now. Yeah, but most likely not. They're, no. They're, I'm sure that they've right, taken right. precautions to keep that from happening. Again, this is pretty neat because it's people using technology, creating something that's artistic and at the same time, you know, it's an engineering attempt and an it's engineering very, It's beat. very artistic as well with the, there's yeah. like a blue-green color, a lot of gold on this. Yeah, kind of steampunky. There's a, what is that, a I'm piano looking. over there? A player piano? Working? Yeah, I think it is an, a, a player piano, so <laughs> there's probably some music coming out of it it's as well. attached to the engine somehow. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. So we're going to keep walking. Over here is a carousel. Carousels are common at festivals, right? But this is a solar-powered carousel, is that right? It is a solar-powered carousel. So GE has brought a whole bunch of solar panels that uh, they've laid out here, and the solar panels are the power for the carousel. Now, Maker Fair started off with something kind of small. To get a big sponsor like GE... It's really, this so is a big deal, um, and there are a lot of bigger sponsors coming on board. Um, and, you know, since they started, what, six years ago or so, it's really grown in size in the number of makers that are here, um, the number of attendees, and the number of sponsors. So and, you were, and you were telling me that on the lot size, <laughs> we were talking about this actual park, that space we're in right now, I think the space might have been a parking lot at some point, or at least one of them was, but now they've actually, they filled it full of exhibits. Yeah. There's just so many different things here, and you're going to see a lot of it if you're watching our live stream. I wonder... I I, I, oh, there goes the Coke Zero fountain. Carousel. Oh, there, there is the fountain. There go the. There goes the. Might be difficult Mentos, to see. Mentos and soda in action. <laughs> this is science, people, and you could do this too. It is, and you know that's part of EP Bird, the group that does this this demonstration. That's part of like their their at their ethos is that they want people to try this at home. Yeah, I mean, so many times you're growing up and you see these things on TV, do not try this at home, don't, don't touch this. Don't touch, don't now, do. When yeah, I was a kid, I was really happy to see science museums that were like, <laughs> you can go ahead and play and touch these things. Here, it's it's so varied. Yeah. So many things that you can try yourself, if you do it safely. The solar car project from Stanford. Have you, uh, these solar cars, there's, there's a, a competition that I think is in Australia or something? Um, but anyway, there's a, there's a competition. Um, to create the fastest moving solar car. And I, I believe Stanford has one of the records. Let's see, founded in 1989, the Stanford Solar Car Project is entirely student-run, nonprofit yeah. solar racing team. Are you involved in the, the solar car project? Can you answer a few passion. questions for me? So, um, should we talk to somebody else? Somebody's gone. Te the team leader. <laughs> You've got to speak with the team leader. <laughs> the meeting of the team leaders. I like it. Okay. Okay. We'll wander around. Thank you very much. Anyway, um, how, so how fast does this car go? Um, it'll go uh, probably 55, around 55 is our cruising speed, and then um, it can go faster than that. Our last car could go up to 80, I think. Um, but the race itself is an endurance race, so it's what speed you can hold for four days. Where is the race? Uh, we'll be going to Australia in the fall and we're going to race from Darwin to Adelaide. And how, sti how stiff is the competition? Um, it's pretty stiff but we're, we're hoping to do really well. Um, our main competitors are, there's a Japanese team, Takai, and they won last year and then Michigan and Nuna, which is Dutch. And how do you guys feel about your, your chances for this year? Um, I think we have a lot going for us. We have a really, we have a lot of um, technology, Silicon Valley technology. We have really good cells and aero. So. And why did you come to Maker Faire? 
Um, we made something. Excellent. Thank you. That was the answer I was looking for. <laughs> Have a great weekend. So you were right. It was Australia. It was Australia. I, I remember things like this. Now, I know somebody else who's here. I don't know if they're, he's here. Frank Bletch is a, a family friend who has built electric cars, and I'm going to try and find him. Okay, so we're on a search now. We're on a hunt for Frank <laughs> and his electric vehicles. So over here, we've got... There, oh, there might be on the other side of the fence. That's there's oh, a that lot of electric vehicles on the other side of the fence. Joe's, what is it? Joe's in motion or something? I don't know where well, it is. Well, there's still Let's plenty more around. to see right there's now. There's plenty more to see. I know. Local Motors. I like this. What is this? A totem pole? Some kind of tiki. <laughs> some kind of uh, sculpture. Tiki sculpture. You know, because when I think electric vehicles, I think tiki. The green sawmill. Okay, so the sawmill must be green somehow. Maybe they're electric or... Or the wood that they use is from, I don't know. Organic forests. Hopefully. <laughs> we're just gleaning off the title of the thing right now. I so know, we're trying to find no out. Idea. This is so much fun. They, as you can see, there's just a lot of people there's a checking things out. There. there is a wood bicycle. They're beautiful. Awesome Look at the woodwork on that. It's amazing. Looks like different kinds of wood, different some stains, and some inlaid stuff in there. Wow. Yeah, definitely some talent talent here so green woodworks and if we keep walking oh there's a kid on a bike that's too big for him go-karts go-karts did you ride go-karts when you were little no I, I grew up in Queens we didn't have go-karts so much <laughs> unless we wanted to get really really hurt um, this looks like it's a go-kart with like a with a lawnmower engine or something on it uh, you know how we mostly say that you should do some of the stuff at home this seems like a little bit of trouble maybe possibly <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun like, actually yeah. <laughs> Most things like that are that are fun are trouble. Okay, and vice so there's versa. there's a sign here how to how build to build a go kart. So they got good plans for building a go kart. Well, these are two that. kids. They're, these are kids who built a go built this go kart. Not built probably a little bit of help from the from dad or mom. But I, I, I love the display. They, they even have one that that failed, and they scrapped the plans to start over. It's okay start to fail. Start over. Let's try it again. So they actually tried to figure out whether they wanted a live axle or a fixed axle in this vehicle. And their success, they have their successful design. And the, the two designers, it looks like Jake and I don't see the, Stavros. Stavros. And this is, yeah. it's, so this is the working model. This looks like the, they say, um, oh, I can't Diamond read it plate. anymore. They used a lot of cool tools. They learned how to use a lot of cool tools is what the sign says. This is a lot of fun. Looks Kids like they love this. Learning to weld. Is learning to weld. It's what every kid should do, don't you think? If you got the space, you got the time, you got the safety, do it. Yeah, I would love to learn to, you to have, weld. You have a child. How, at what age will you teach your son to weld or let him learn to well, weld? Well, i got to learn to weld first. Uh, again, <laughs> Maybe you anyway. could learn together. <laughs> I'm going to say eight. eight. I'll be arbitrary right now. Eight. If he's, the arbitrary if, age. If he age happens, of welding. If he happens to be mature enough, I think it's okay. <laughs> So as we walk through here, the Maker Fair exhibition is over. It looks like the crowd is making their way out, and it was very well attended. And it looks like we're about to talk to an electric cupcake. Oh, we are about to talk to an electric cupcake. I love the cupcakes. We really are talking. Yes. Hello. May I ask you some questions? Why a cupcake? Why not? Kinetic pastries. They're the, they're the next big thing. <laughs> Kinetic pastry is the wave of the future. Yeah, everyone thinks it's about the Prius. It's not. It's kinetic pastries. And so are these electric? They are. They're based on like a little adult mobility carts, like a rascal scooter you might see in a supermarket. 
How much time and uh, and how how what goes into building one of these? Wow, about a hundred hours of building, um, based on it taking a car apart, uh, shortening it to fit inside the chassis, folding the metal and making the fabric cover. And it seems to be very popular with the kids. There are a lot of kids who want to eat your cupcake <laughs> they all want to eat the cupcake there's hardly any left do you, do you ever feel like you're just being chased by children and you have to run away I am actually being chased by children <laughs> this is fantastic now I've I, I'm familiar with the cupcakes from Burning Man and I remember when they when they, when when you started and there were just a few cupcakes how many cupcakes are there now I believe there are 15 now all different Okay. I, I know there's a blueberry muffin in there too there is and it's here today I will, I will hunt the search. elusive blueberry muffin. <laughs> Thank you very much. My pleasure. That's what you get at Maker Faire. You get kinetic pastries. We've seen that. We've seen R2-D2s actually just randomly roaming around. R2-D2 is a troublemaker. Solar-powered cars I've seen. Just Not just the one we saw parked. I saw one moving around. It, you don't know what you're going to run into. Over here we have Swamporama. What is in this building? It's a big white tent. Oh, Swaporama. Looks like a clothing swap. Swamporama would be a totally different thing. <laughs> it would be totally different. Well, that's also completely plausible. That's the thing in, yeah. in this area. Over here it looks like you can do your own um, screen printing or something. It looks like they're... Silk screen. Silk screening, yeah. Silk screen your finds here with honey... Was it homegrown? Mm-hmm. This is part of the homegrown setup. Silk screen your finds here. This is pretty neat for people with an artistic talent or an artistic uh, bone in their body. Or if you want to feel unique and have a t-shirt that nobody else has. That you so made at the Maker Faire. That would yeah, be pretty neat. That's something else. How many times can you say that you went to a fair or a festival and you made a t-shirt that you, or instead of just buying a t-shirt? I mean, Twice, no. <laughs> You can do it. You can do it right here, right now. Right here, right now. Exactly. Now we're getting it towards the edge of the lot here. So why don't we? We should go find something. Go find something else in the Maker Square. Should we be walking backwards for the viewers, or should, should we be? Look at my back, everybody. That's very interesting. That's like Kiki in 3D. I know. <laughs> 3D. We're moving along, making our way. So in here in the central area, I think is a bit more of uh, product-type type stuff. Yeah. So let's see where we are. rama rama um, People are bringing clothing. The um, Over here, in the, there's a maker's shed over here somewhere where, uh, like Dale Doherty said when I spoke with him, that there are um, you know, products that you can buy kits for maker stuff to kind of give you a, a head start in so making. Do they also have crafts and things in here? Because I know, I think Lynn bought a bag yeah. here at the Maker's Shed, actually. Yes, so the, so this whole, this bizarre, bizarre area, this is, um, you know, you can see over here there's a, a ham hock pillow. Um, there looks like there's a bunch of artwork people have brought. Um, so these are wares that people are probably selling and sharing um, that, you know, DIY, kind of Etsy in person. Right, if you want a meat-shaped cushion, or an octopus-shaped cushion. This is the place where you can find out how to either make one or buy one. Uh, a, a steak. Yeah, I'd like a steak pillow. I think my dogs would love this. <laughs> I like the I like the ham hock. I, I think I don't know. As and a vegetarian, I kind of get into strange things like ham hocks. Are the mics not working? All right. And we're gonna keep moving here. There's so much to see now. I know everybody in the uh, the Twit audience is into the techy stuff. So uh, here we have some laser etched cutting boards that um, 
are pretty neat. So if you have a laser etcher at home, maybe think about uh, staining some wood and cutting a design into it. And um, there you go. Cutting boards for Christmas or birthdays. So custom cutting, cutting <laughs> Cust boards? Yeah, laser etching. Like with laser etchers, you can do so much these days. You know, if you've got an at home in your garage, they're not that expensive anymore, are they? No, I mean, I've seen so many laser etchings on so many different things, notebooks, and I've seen yeah. it on Kindle covers even, yeah. or cutting boards. That's, that's nice too. I mean, in your house, you have to have something nice and that looks unique. Again, you can make it yourself and come here. Yeah, okay. You can even, if you're a knitter, I know there are lots of knitters out there. Nerdy knitters. Yeah, that seems to be a thing. It's a thing. It's a very odd Knitting's come back. combination between tech and knitting. Because yeah. you need to build, I think, an iPhone cozy. Yes. So that's the kind yes. of thing. Yes, you knit do. your own iPhone cozy. Um, what else? Your uh, laptop case. Yeah, I mean, you could repurpose so um, many things into laptop I've cases. I've seen people knitting DNA scarves. I, oh, yes, and Harry Potter stuff as well. Harry people Potter love stuff. To, to knit Harry Potter stuff, as well as Doctor <laughs> Who scarves. Oh, we missed it. In the central hall, um, I heard the Tesla coils. It's too dark in there, so we can't actually go in there with the camera. But they have a, a two Tesla coils set up where they, uh, they play music. Okay. So the Tesla coils, basically, they, they vibrate the, the air. And they, they set the pulse to pulse like 40,000 times per second. So they, get, um, they can actually play notes using the Tesla coils. And they played the Doctor Who theme. So we this, have trains. We have trains here. So this is a very long setup of trains. It's from the Bay Area Garden Railway Society, nonprofit corporation. I'm curious enough, they promoting hand building, garden railroading. Whether they're hand building these trains or, or not. Probably not hand building the trains, but hand building the um, the sets. The plate, you know, they're placing trees at nice nice locations. We always had a we always had a Christmas train. So that around the Christmas tree, at the base of the Christmas tree every year, my dad would set up his train. I don't know Which about trains. Good. I mean, I, again, I, like I, I grew up in the city, so <laughs> we didn't see this very often. Uh, trains are nice. Our trains would look like subways. <laughs> um, Do you want to learn to solder, eight years old and up? No. They, they, only for a dollar you can learn to solder, and that's a really valuable skill if, when you're starting any any project actually because you can get like an Arduino and you can start to make so many great things especially since it looks like there are a bunch there's some kids in there some adults if you uh, look in the tent there's a people of all ages actually soldering and uh, trying their hand at at the uh, at the skill I've, I've actually seen a project where a guy built with an Arduino a, a Facebook box and it would print out his news feed as it happens it's powered by an Arduino you can start to learn with something like this. That's Learn to solder cool. and you can do it. Yeah, that once and soldering, once you get the hang of it, it's not terribly difficult. Once you get the hang of it, it opens up an entirely new world of electronics. Yeah, and that being and able to build your own build your own stuff, blinky lights or little music devices or you know, you name it. And one of the things you want to do after you first learn to solder is get a good soldering iron. When you get that yeah. radio shack when it's okay, eight, you know, a couple bucks. Yeah. But after that, you got to move up. You got to move up. Because then you can really do some great stuff. Yeah. I'd love to try and talk to some people about their experience here at Maker Faire. Hmm. What should we grab? So in here, this is the make shed. So now we're looking at products. This is all um, like uh, what I was talking about a second ago with um, uh, the Dale mentioned. This is where you can get kits to create things. 
We got FM wireless microphones, if we need extra microphones. We got little booklets explaining how to, well, there's a love tester if you want to build a love tester. A love tester. I'm serious, that's what it says. $20 for the kids. How deep is your love? We are the Bee Gees, right? Exactly. Uh, in some, <laughs> is some your way. love deep? Is your love? We're going to keep walking. <laughs> and then we keep walking. <laughs> Yeah, so if you're anyway, trying to find anything, again, I know, absolutely it's difficult. Just enormous in here. We're gonna get, we're gonna get back outside. This is, I mean, products aren't necessary. There's gardening stuff in here. You, you from the city, you might not be so familiar with gardening. It's a this garden thing that you do outside. What do you do outside? You, 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 you outside. If you have any, any land, dirt, uh -huh. you maybe put some fertilizer in it, or you, you. So what end? Some, Why would you be doing this? Or something, and you grow vegetables. Vegetables. Or flowers. You can grow plants. <laughs> and this is ah to the food. You guys, we don't have smell-o-vision, unfortunately, yes. but ah fried food. I think we're getting that with the new Twitch studio. <laughs> smell-o-vision. Okay, so what do you think's going on here with the? Uh, there's a, a big swing, and water. Do you think that the swing is powering the water that's coming out, it's like the pump? Possibly? I believe that this is. A, I think you're onto it. I think that we've got a self-powered water pump. <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun if you want to get wet. It is a little puddly. That'll be great for electronics. I think this would be great for a big backyard, but I don't think that you necessarily have to make it this big. If you had a little backyard, you could build a smaller version, and on a hot summer day. Wait a second, though. This could be if you have a piece of land and you need it watered. Your know, kid. Are those? They look, it looks like there's some kind of uh, electronic or something up there at the top. It's probably a water pump of some kind, right? Oh, that, yeah, that's the pump. And they're probably part. cycling the water back and forth. Yeah. Let's see if there's a. And then if we move down this direction, down the the central, the midway here, we have um, Colossus at the end. Each of the rocks at the um, on the three arms of the Colossus are ten thousand pounds. And there are ropes, so you can actually like start running around with start, these things. Yeah, you can run around and swing them around. That thing is completely human powered right now. That thing moving is not because of any engine. Yeah, it's the so people pulling and running. People on the ground pulling and running are moving thirty thousand pounds worth of granite. <laughs> that is just crazy. I think they actually, is that the Colossus or that's the other that's thing? The, that's the Colossus that's down the Colossus. at the end, yeah. I believe that Make, uh, Make Magazine had a video constructing this thing up. And I saw it in my podcast feed. Uh, it just looks enormous. So Ganymede Fallen, we're walking past, is another arts. And back to the Colossus, art, though, you can sculpture. actually start climbing the ropes if you go fast enough. That's what people are doing. Uh, if you want the ex experience... I really want to try that. I'm not even kidding. Like, that's what I, I saw that when I came in. I'm like, I want to do that. I know. But would you like to push a rock? Um, I could, could push a rock. Push a piece of granite. Granite, I as. I'm pushing. <laughs> Make it go. I'm trying. <laughs> and this is about leverage, actually. It is. And inertia. And, and don't forget friction on your shoes, because I'm got I have sneakers on. They're going to fall. Oh, and there are small children I'm going to run over. Okay. I'm out. And dizzy. <laughs> I'm going to give somebody else some room. I think, <laughs> I think what I'm loving is like watching the little kids get into it and just be like, I'm pushing a giant boulder. I'm a little dizzy. Oh. Interactive stuff.
I mean, why build yeah. it? Why not? On top of that, again, yeah, no, no ropes or anything. You can't touch this. Yep, you can. Go for it. <laughs> Just join in. Okay, so here's the Colossus. Once again, little kids. Little kids are pulling this around. Mm, do I want to try that now? I know, but okay. So think about it's thirty thousand pounds, ten thousand on just about ten thousand on each of for each of the boulders. Look at the engineering of this thing. I mean, I don't know if uh, if Jeff can get a good good uh, image of the entire structure. Cool. Hi, what's your name? I'm Zach, Zachary Coppin. Zachary, we're with Twit TV and we're doing a live broadcast right now. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> so tell me about Colossus. Why did you build this? Um, well, I thought it would be fun if people could um, interact with, you know, about 45,000 pounds of, of spinning material. So, you know, I wanted to create a situation where you could safely move some insane amount of material. What went into the engineering of this? I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. 45,000 pounds is a lot. Yeah, it's, been, it's like a small house, about the same weight as a small house. That's impressive. So uh, engineering, um, about six months of design. Took us about six weeks to build it. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's engineering. What, what kind of uh, do you? So, what do you have up up in the top allowing it to spin? Or is it on big bearings or? Yeah, the the bearing that we had got lost. So I built a new bearing for it this this uh, uh, this spring, and um, it's of my design. Uh, it's basically a set of rollers and um, hardened steel tracks, and a, a keeper in the middle to keep it going around. What's it like to transport? Uh, it takes two semis. Two semis. And what's the what's the response that you're getting from people here? Uh, people seem to really love it. The kids love it. It's been spinning continuously, at times really fast and at times slow. It seems to maybe it sort of monitors the energy level of the of the group. You know, it kind of goes the peaks and peaks and troughs. And we seem to be in the middle of like the mid mid afternoon nap. Everyone's like, oh well, you know, we'll just go slowly. I ate a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So you know, they, they seem to really like it. It's a lot of fun. I think I think it's amazing. It's it's beautiful, and I love, like you said, the the opportunity to, for for people to interact with some huge quantity, some something so immense that you wouldn't imagine being able to interact with. Like who can push a house? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's several orders of magnitude heavier than you are, but you can still pull it around. Thank you very much. Thanks for thanks for building it, and thanks for bringing it. Thank you. I love this stuff. It's so great. <laughs> Thank you. We will. So we're going to keep walking around. I think we should head this way because if we go through the building, it's going to be too dark. It'll be too dark to see anything. Oh, okay. So right, yeah, what's happening here with the bike tree? You see the guy yes. over there riding the bike? I've, I saw a demo of this a little earlier. These guys are actually powering the amps. So the, the person who's speaking, you can only hear him because that guy who's pedaling is pedaling to power the amps. <laughs> like the sign says, this event is pedal powered. On top of that, I saw somebody playing a uh, bass, but he built it out of a shovel. A shovel? That's right. It was a nice shovel, and he was playing some really funky bass. And again, all of it was hearable thanks to pedal power. Yeah, and I think the... I think that these uh, these these guys, I don't know, with the, with the bike, 
They actually go around to different parks in San Francisco, and there's like the, the Bicycle Music Festival. They go from Golden Gate Park to Dolores Park to, you know, different, they bike to different places around the city, and they set it up, and they bike, and they have a little concert, and then they go someplace else, and they do the, do the same thing again. Well, it's a really efficient setup if you think about it. I mean, you don't need to have worry about power. You power it. Right there. Exactly. I would love that every now and then, have a little bit of this, uh, like a crank-based thing. And it looks like a hoop, a hula hoop. No, that's probably that's probably like aerial art going up, up on the end of the bike. What do you think? Oh, you're just hula hoop obsessed. I just wanna, I'm, I'm hula hoop obsessed, I am. I don't think if you jump through it, anything happens, unfortunately. <laughs> unless, you ha unless it's full of magnetic coils, you know, and you're, you're wrapped in wire. Ooh. Huh? Oh. Oh, let's try it. Ooh. There you go. Hula hoop technology. We're just going. That's right. Maybe Next year, hula hoop power. I think it could be done. Actually, <laughs> I yeah, wonder I if it could. If you have the right wire in if there you, and you're running yeah. the right magnetic harness, I think you could probably do it. Yeah. Or at least That's, power something small. Or at least small. power something little, yeah. It's like I powered this tiny LED. Or if you have an LED, you have your hoop that's powering the lights on the hoop so that you could actually... Do it indefinitely. Do it in the dark. Yeah, you could hula hoop in the dark. Oh, this is great. So what is this? What is this? truck over here. Well, Looks first like we have what appears to be um, Halo come to life. Halo. People who've built their own costumes and... Yeah, so they probably... This, yep. if, if you didn't know, you can't just kind of buy this off the shelf. No. <laughs> this is one of those more crafts as well. And You might... Someplace else you might see this is at Comic-Con. I just... I'm trying to figure out which, exactly... Which Twit will probably be going to Comic-Con again I this year. So. so we'll probably be seeing much more of that live, this the live Twit action this summer. Um, I would assume these these folks are, are local because if you try to fly with some of that gear, probably wouldn't work so well. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Although, you know, it might be fun to try and put the put your gun through TSA security, you know? Oh, yeah. I, if, if you'd like to be... Oh, that's not a fit for air. <laughs> <laughs> so this is called the Sound Cave Road Show. It's an interactive art sculpture musical instrument. Is it actually built on a truck? It's built on a truck, yeah. And it says here that it's um, also a sound healing tool and a fold-out stage. So it they can probably, you know, drive wherever, fold out their stage, have a performance. It looks like we're going to interview the maker of this. Excellent. We go find the maker. Oh, there's two red hats. If you look, I love that. The kids are inside. It's like being inside of, p of multiple grand pianos. Oh, yeah, you can really. So being inside of it, they're able to, like. They're in an echo chamber, effectively. <laughs> effectively, it's great. Wow. <laughs> Those kids are going to town. That is so much fun. <laughs> wow, that's an interesting idea, taking grand pianos, combining them. As a punishment session, it looks I like. I don't think it's punishment to those kids. They don't know better. I think, I think they're really enjoying it. Do you want to go climb in? I don't think that's going to work very well. <laughs> you might be able to. I could fit. Yeah, I could fit in It might there. be Kiki size. I don't know if it's size. <laughs> I could just, you know, <laughs> crouch in the middle and have, have a little fear. You so can't play from the outside, as we're seeing uh, another gentleman is doing. So you don't hat. actually have to get inside if you don't want to. And like up in the up in the front end, there's a bunch of things that kids are banging on. A lot of like. I mean, this is how. Hello. Hi. Oh, we're not. Yes. Checking the cell phone. We're live right now. I'm Kiki. 
Kiki Tyson. Tyson? Yeah. Great to meet you. It's great to meet you too. This is Ayaz. Nice, nice to meet you. you. And we're with Twit Deep TV. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration for your sound art sculpture. Cool. I was building a musical forest project out of a bunch of broken materials, salvage parts, and I started using uh, broken pianos because I knew I could get them for free and we had no money for the project. Where do you find broken pianos? all over the place. There's a bunch that like can no longer be fixed. Um, so I was just procuring them and turning them into different musical instruments. Um, and I started hearing these echoes. So I wanted to build a little room so people could go in and start hearing those echoes. And if people go into this and sing or even just speak, you'll actually hear this echo reverbing back. Like, sounds like somebody's singing at you. So what experience are you trying to give the, the, the children there? They're, they're getting to hear all the echoes. Are they learning about sound design? What are you hoping they learn from this? There's a bunch of educational aspects and in this situation right here I'm not like giving teaching much of it but I'm basically breaking down the barriers that we often have in our culture around music. There's a lot of intimidation and a lot of this like you can't really play music until you've studied for 20 years and this kind of just like breaks those down and allows people to go in and start interacting with sound and start playing and I usually tune them in a way so it will make a lot of music. I do a bunch of different alternate tuning systems, um, kind of arrange it so it'll sound more musical and harmonious together. So kids can just go in there or anybody could go in there and just and, and just start to play music. So not, they don't have to bother with learning anything yet. Yeah. Just go for it. For sure. And then like sometimes when I do events with schools, like we'll go through this process a little bit and then we'll step back and I'll lead them through some scores, teach them different things about dynamics, different musical aspects, and then I'll open it up for questions and answers and I get the most wild answers after they've played with this. How does how does somebody at a school get in touch with you if they're interested? All my information's at soundcave.org and phone number and emails there. Great. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. This is so wonderful. Yes, thank you very much. It's an amazing event to be at. Yeah. It's great to talk to you with you. Yeah. You too. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon and the rest of the weekend. <laughs> we are. And so we're going to keep on walking past the sound cave. I love that your question about the educational aspects. I mean, it is something, though. I mean, I know when I learned to play guitar, the first thing I thought of was like, this seems like I'm, this sounds horrible. I'm playing horribly. Yeah. And then you have to really stick to it. But this kind of thing, a kid can go in there, play, and learn at the same time. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about you know playing a beautiful song or you know anything organized. It's very experimental, actually. It's very like Beatles White Album Number Nine kind of thing. Yeah. So over here to the to the right of us, we're um, seeing the steampunk area. So if um, you techies out there are interested in steampunk stuff, um, it's you know the marriage of tech and antique. Yeah, that's always been interesting to me. I've seen this a lot. I've seen like when somebody uses a typewriter as a keyboard and that kind of thing. I mean, do you think it's just for aesthetics? Why would people go to the effort of integrating tech with this very older style? Well, I think sometimes tech can be very impersonal and it you know, there there is a certain element of its own artistic uh, effects, especially circuit boards and that kind of stuff, but if you add, you know, maybe the, the this more human side, the, the artistic side to it, maybe it just brings something else to it that some people and maybe not others like you can appreciate. Well, I'm trying to find out what exactly this gigantic thing is. That looks like a press. It's a some kind of a some kind of a press of some kind. Lo oh, a coin press. Love coin. You can make a love coin. You make a love coin. Oh, that's yeah. something. So over here, we all there's 
You can get um, hats. You can get hats that people have made. There's um, a lot of crafts on this side. Crafts and other things. And, uh, it, and a lounge. Not so, and, a, and a steampunk lounge, <laughs> yeah. Um, not so many people that I'm seeing right now in kind of the steampunk garb. Victorian look. The Victorian yeah. look, yeah. Um, They're all seeing other things, too. Probably. come through. I've come through here before and been just amazed at the the clothing okay. that people are wearing because they've made it all themselves. Now this... Oh, here we go. The benefits of zombie domestication. This is the League of Steam over here. Okay. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if any of it's actually... Is it functional or is it, it just... It doesn't look very functional, but it looks pretty. <laughs> it does. It does. It oh. It, it is, is functional. functional. Can, do you know, know much it? about it? Do you know what it does? Yeah, you crank that... Um, you crank this wheel, mm -hmm. and it will put electric into your arm if you hold it. <laughs> so you can electrocute yourself, or hmm. or, or or domesticate a zombie. Yeah, yeah or domesticate a zombie. So it's a it's a crank powered cattle prod. <laughs> exactly. That's what it looks like, actually. Okay. It's fun. Thank you very much. <laughs> It I like functional. the League of Steam. There's, I mean, there's something that you just have to appreciate about the aesthetic of steampunk. It's fun. It's, you know, there's... Fun? There's, there's fun to it. Fun know? and technology, yeah. Yeah, that, that's it, just, it just makes me think of, you know, adventurers or like... This reminds me of Hellboy. <laughs> to hell, yeah, okay, Hellboy. Very steampunk. What is that? It's a, it's a, it's a retractable fist. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's see if we can get that. It's on. What a time is it right now? How long do we have? What are we? What it's are we doing? To be five. Huh? It's, it's five to five. Yeah, five, five to five. Wow. So why don't we head towards um, expo hall? the expo hall? Because there's a lot to see in the expo hall. It, seriously, people, it is packed, packed with stuff. We could be here like for I don't know 20 hours and not see everything. It's it's true. I mean, we saw a little bit of the Coke and Mentos performance, and there are performances going on. And there are all um, kinds at of different talks times. Too. Yeah, mm -hmm. and there are talks. That's something that we haven't seen. There's a center stage and an innovator stage. There are people like David Brin uh, giving talks. Um, uh, Stephen, um, what's it? Sebastian Thrun, who is now building uh, robotic cars for Google. And of course, Adam Savage, who's all over make. Can you see him on, on the program? Yeah, he's all over. He's the he's I think he's maybe becoming the face. Pretty much, yeah. And when people of think of, of making things. Adam Savage comes up a lot. Yeah, Adam Savage comes up a lot. So we're gonna wander down this direction. There oh, this isn't running, but this is a um, there's an organ of some kind that's over here. Um, and I don't know what these people I are doing. They're using milk cartons to make igloos. Some kind I of structure. How that would work. It's a good, hot, good use a, for recycled. There's a hot glue gun involved. So hot it looks, glue and it's a semi-permanent structure. And plastic milk bottles, making an igloo. I think that might be kind of and hot. Was, we're trying. We're trying to. We're trying to mess with Jeff. And Jeff's behind the camera, <laughs> and, and we're driving him insane. He's doing a great job. Um, so here goes. Oh, it looks like there's a crank-powered organ. This is fun. Potentially annoying sound, P-A-S. It's by Chris McMullen and Steve Withycombe. It's a large kinetic sound sculpture that is people-powered. So it's a sculpture. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I guess if you really want to make this So it, it sends, it, it, it's driving a 1930s pipe organ. If you want to make this a permanent installation, you could just make that a giant flywheel, or not a flywheel, uh, like wind-powered. 
And you could annoy somebody all day. It's windy. <laughs> all day, every day. Or you could place this in um, a well-peopled area like the Embarcadero in San Francisco and That's have anybody walk by like they are at the fair today and make noise constantly. That's for the passive-aggressive person. Just, you know, I'm just exercising <laughs> here, and I can make this potentially annoying. I like potentially, potentially annoying sound. Because some people might like it. I actually like it. What, you how find about, it soothing? Yeah, I do a little. How about you? Uh, well, right now I'm just hearing the clanking. Clank, I would like clank, to hear the... Clank, clank, clank. The clanking kind of, I don't know. It kind of feels like, it sounds like a musical score. I'm trying to get some audio of this. So I guess it's for you guys at home to find out if it's potentially annoying or not. In the chat room, they're probably letting <laughs> us know. They'll right let now. us know whether it's annoying. I can't see the chat room, so I have no idea. Yep, so we are, I guess, wandering through now. Um, everybody, there's. O'Reilly signs all over the place. O'Reilly Publishing, or they're the publisher for Make Magazine, so um, they're also very involved in this fair and very much behind this fair. Um, and so we're trying or to get our way into the expo hall, so we, <laughs> we can go ahead. Our, no, we're going we're making our the way. big, we're making our way. Exactly. Uh, DIY movement. <laughs> exactly. We've got electrical impulses going in our brains to our legs. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's bioengineering. But we're trying to see things that are like Arduino powered and other. Other things. I think that's something to do with space. That, that thing. That's to do with space over there. <laughs> yeah. We're driving. Oh, these flat pack disaster relief shelters. Now, for things like uh, the earthquake in Haiti or the tsunami in Japan, um, these flat pack disaster relief shelters, they are small, they pack flat, kind of like IKEA boxes. Mm -hmm. But. Um, they, uh, and so they're easy to transport. They're lightweight, easy to transport, but then they're very strong structures that you can get to places where there have been disasters uh, and so people need shelter. So it's a temporary shelter that could be built out of a box? Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's a, a really neat, and it's just, you know, people came up with a design and, you know, are, are letting people know about it by bringing it to a place like this. Oh, I wonder if I can get a whole bunch rocking. of those. You get a whole bunch, yeah. yeah. And swings, more swing power. I love the swing power. You gotta harness this. I mean, effectively, what, what's going on? A lot of people are deciding that children are our future, energy-wise. I, I think so. <laughs> Just use them to power everything. I like. Well, they have they have a lot of energy. So you right. feed the kids. The kids have energy, and then they create power for whatever you need, like your computer at home. Go play outside, kid, and you have and it you powering a little motor that, that runs to a generator or something. As long as it charges a capacitor or a battery, they could play at night, and they could keep going indefinitely. Indefinitely. And there we I go. I like it. Sugar power <laughs> is the future. Sugar power. No need to do biodiesel. So, we, so, so maybe we, you know, don't worry about the high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally going to work out. Just kid power. Kid power seems to be doing a lot, actually. It so does. So Harnessing kinetic motion or kinetic energy is always good. <laughs> Should we ask the? Uh, should we ask them about their their Halo costumes? Or we just keep uh, walking. I think for time we might not. We can't. All right, we're not going to talk to them. Just look at the pretty Halo costumes. Okay. There's so much more we haven't seen yet. <sighs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> Whee! All right, into the okay, expo hall. As you can see, it's a small floor. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't. Jeff's doing a pan of the entire building. Now this is like an air airplane hangar. This place is, you could probably put put a couple of airplanes in okay, here. Okay, so what do you want to hit first? Let's go talk to some Lego kids. Lego it is. Lego's awesome. They're everywhere. Lego so we got is Lego everywhere. right in front of us, the Bay Area Lego users group. Yeah, so if you're in the Bay Area, um, 
and you're interested in Legos, the Bay Area. Lego trains. Trains Lego. seem to be very popular here. But these have been made. They're, these have been made by people. There we the, go. They're Lego trains. And somebody's built a Lego windmill. That's Oh, I like the Lego windmill. It's green intriguing. power. Lego green power. And the conductors are getting angry if you touch the glass. Don't so. touch the glass. You might break it. We're going to keep on moving through here. Oh, there's one of my favorite things, a Lego-made Batman logo. I would love to talk to the kids about the Legos. They lo like kids love Legos. Oh, we have um, a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in Lego. <laughs> this is very so creative. So if you're so a Ghostbusters a, fan. And there's a Garfield, a Batman logo, like I said. The, Batman. The, that love statue. Oh, my goodness. A, Look at these destroyers up here. There are some... Wow. Really intricate designs. So here, this is the USS Yorktown, World War II battleship Yamato. It is actually so it, to scale. To scale. Lego Yamato, that's what it is. World eight. War II Japanese super battleship. Let's say it's eight feet long. Over 25,000 Lego bricks have been used in making this, making this ship. I wonder if the, are the gun turrets. Yeah, what's your name? Uh, I'm Mark Benz. I'm the president of the Bay Area Lego Club. Well, you're just the man I wanted to speak with. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just, I'll just hang out here. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so tell us a bit about why you've brought Legos to the, the Maker Faire. Uh, we brought Legos to the Maker Faire because kids love to build Legos and so do older kids too. Yeah. Legos really are something that you, nobody ever gets tired of. Um, yeah, that's generally true, although you'd find with the... Uh, you'll find uh, an occurrence with people in the, in the community called the Dark Ages, which is basically high school till after you graduate from college, when you have interested in cars and girls or whatever else. I mean. Okay, so during the hormonal period, you kind of lose interest in Lego. Get back into it again. <laughs> is um, who's who's working on this battleship? Is this? Uh, you know, one of the club members named uh, Marcelo. Marcelo de Cicero. He was actually here earlier. Do you know if the uh, guns actually move? Yeah, they rotate. Articulated. They go up and down. Look at that. Are those are those using stock components to Legos? All the all the pieces here are all Lego. There's no glue. The parts are readily available. You just have to get enough of the right colors and the right sizes. Wow. So, how can people get in touch with the Bay Area Users Group? The Bay Area Lego the Bay Area Lego Users Group is online. Our website is baylug b a y l u g dot org. And we have meetings every other month, either in Palo Alto or in San Leandro. We have about 250 members. About half of them are kids, and the other half are, think they are. <laughs> I, I like to think that I'm still a kid. <laughs> always a kid, always interested in Legos. What are some? What, what is one of your favorite projects that you've seen? Uh, well, personally, I've, I've built a lot of San Francisco landmarks, like Ghirardelli Square and um, Palace of Fine Arts, that kind of thing. Something you do while you're watching television or instead? Uh, both. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And if we just walk down here, I think I'm kind of losing my voice. It's been it's been threatening all day long. Well, that's going to be great for live view. Let's go <laughs> ahead. Yeah, and let's keep I'll going. do some talking. How about that? that, that that's a change. Uh, we have some very creative looking ships here. I don't think these were in World War II, uh, at least in the World War II I know of. Unless there was some kind of alternative thing. But this is some amazing stuff. And the fact this is built out of stock Lego uh, tools. Some of these pieces are amazing. I'm looking at the uh, these curved pieces on this destroyer. It's, they're, 
I've never seen some of these Lego pieces before. And now, There's, um, and now we are looking at a space shuttle. And if you guys aren't paying attention, NASA's kind of shutting down the manned space program I, I for know. a little bit. They're going to have, so they're going to have, what, one more launch in like There's November of this year? One more, year? I think it's actually July. Ju oh, is it July? Mm -hmm. July 8th, I believe. Oh. Or am I mixing it up? It was somewhere during the TNT calendar. Oh, uh, okay. But... It's, I, it's would I would love to go to a, a shuttle launch, but and you know, if I could just look at a Lego, I guess I'll have to. Well, you could build do. your own and dream, a, dream look at, of it. It's an old, an old Mac. An old Mac has been covered <laughs> in a, in a new a, white skin. Is the very in a new white skin, old Mac. I think I had one of these in college. Oh, on the top it actually says "Think Different" <laughs> on top of the Finder logo. And right That's down great. there seems like there's a lot of Legos for anybody to play with. Lots of kids playing with the Legos. Uh, yeah, 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 try to try keep, to keep the Legos on the blanket where they can be cleaned up. <laughs> okay, we nice can't, try. We'd like to dive in, but we shouldn't. Yeah. So let's keep moving because we have, you know, unfortunately ahead. limited time as we move through here away from the Legos. Shall we move to whatever's back here? Well, I'd love to find um, I, I, Alan Rory, who does the he does some kinetic art sculptures. If we can find him, that would be fabulous. But right. there's a lot more. A lot more to see on the way. A lot more to see on the way. Let's see. So over here, what do we, we gotta, have here? We in the corner, look, look like robots. A... Open educational resources. This is a. That's over here. Design challenge. What is this in the corner? In the corner seems to be something else. Yeah. It looks like it is. No idea yet. Girl Scouts. At least there's a sticker for Girl Scouts. NASA Space Camp. Fun. Thank you. Hi. Are you guys responsible for whatever we're looking at right now? Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> tell you, us a little bit about, about it. Tell us about it. Uh, sure. So um, this is a uh, robot for the first robotics competition. Um, the aim of the game is to pick up inner tubes and score them on a big 10-foot tall rack. So we have a robot with a five-foot-long arm with rollers that will suck in the tubes, pick them up, and score them on the rack. So did, did you have to have a lot of different designs before you settled on this one, or is this the first idea you had? This is definitely not the first idea. It's one of, one of the first. Yeah, we went through several sketches, and finally, after three weeks of drafting and drafting, we finally managed to all come to terms with this one. Yeah. So this is a... This is a part of a competition. Are there other designs that you thought, oh, I should have thought of that? There are, yeah. So a couple people went with elevators. There's a robot over there that has an elevator. Um, we, the head design that we have was a proven design that we had from a robot before, which had a similar-ish um, game and with tubes. And sometimes you want to go with what you know yeah. works. We, knew, we know that works. It can manipulate the tubes really well, fix them out quickly. Yeah. So, and then it was just... Put it all together. How and many hoping people it works. are on your team? About 30? about thirty. There's about thirty very committed, loyal members who work with us throughout the six-week period we have to actually build, design, finalize this robot, which we have here today. How many hours do you think you put into this this build? So roughly, um, it may sound a bit insane, but sometimes on the weekends uh, we are there from like eight in the morning till twelve at night, midnight. Um, that's when we get into crunch time, but usually it's about 16 hours a weekend and then like two or three hours a day after school sort of thing. 
We put a lot into these robots. And are all of you from the same school? Uh, no, our team did originate from Woodside High School, but Team 100 consists of three main high schools, Sequoia, Caramont, and Woodside High School. So we have students from each high school which come together and we build this robot. Excellent. And so you guys are the Wild Hats Team 100. Yes, that's true. And there, is there, there's another team over here as well? Yep, the uh, Space Cookies are over there. Um, they're robots there. They're an all-girls Girl Scout team. So there's a variety of people at these competitions. I love FIRST Robotics. I think it, it I mean, have you found, did you, were you into robotics and the engineering aspect before? Did you search it out or did it find you? I, I was partly into it, but really never had the chance to do any of this. And then on the robotics team and we're making 10 foot tall robots and yeah. So I've always kind of wanted to do this and this has been my chance to get to do all this. So yeah. I started with robotics. I actually attend uh, the Silicon Valley Regional, which is located at San Jose State's uh, gymnasium and my freshman year. And that is when I really sparked my interest in this. And then next year I joined and I've loved this activity ever since. So, Are you recruiting lots of other girls to come build robots with you? That is very hard. That has always been a problem. Our team has especially been trying to work on. Um, fortunately, I have a few of my friends which have become interested from seeing me and me expressing my interest with them. So hopefully they'll join, but that's always been a struggle, but yes. Girls should definitely join because even though it may seem like a male dominant sort of activity, girls are always welcome. I mean, I'm very fortunate. A lot of the guys on our team allow me to be involved, allow me to do this. <laughs> they actually, yeah. <laughs> they'll let you join the club. And they'll let you they build the hard stuff. Yes, yes. Hey, let, let her do the tough stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Awesome, well thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, thank, okay. you. thank you. Best of luck. Yeah, I love it. Build more robots. Thank you. Team 100 Wild Hats. Wow. The Wild Hats, the Space Cookies, now they said this is an all-girls Girl Scout team who's, who've built this robot. And we have people from Space Cookies right here, it looks like. Yeah, they're the girls from Space Cookies. Yeah. Over there, these are Space Cookies supporters behind us. <laughs> Let's see. Looks like they're moving their robot in. Yeah, so this robot also will be doing the same thing, moving these inner tubes up on a, onto a 10-foot, I guess, peg. Yeah, so if you don't know about FIRST Robotics competitions, um, they were... Um, originated by Dean Kamen and the idea is to get youth interested in robotics and engineering and to try and you know create teams all around the country that compete on tasks that are given to them as the um, the interview we just had with the with the girl she said six weeks ahead of the competition so they might have the clubs that work on their fundraising and their building skills all year long but then the actual building period they get six weeks and then the competition occurs. so we talked to the space cookies about their robot yeah if, did you hi, hi. hi guys. Oh, sorry I'm running into children again uh, yeah. so this is your robot it, the same goal the blue one is yeah. yours mm -hmm. now could you tell us about your design to move these inner tubes up okay so basically our design is we have an arm and it basically um, there's an arm control so basically we have two drivers one driver maneuvers the robot around the field and the other one actually controls the arms, so it can move up and down to different levels. As you can see, there's many different level pegs. So we basically use the arm, and it clamps the tubes, and then our controller for the arm actually moves it to whatever level we want. So, 
Sure. Yeah, all right, so um, we have a clamp and then an arm. So our arm is actually a telescoping arm, so it kind of works like a telescope where it can, um, there's a piece that's kind of hidden inside so it can go all the way out long to reach the top rack. And then uh, everything is controlled by pistons. So um, you can see there's two little smaller nice. pistons right next to the, the claw, and that controls the opening and closing of the claw. And then there's a bigger piston on the back, and that controls the telescoping part of the arm. How long did it take you to come up with this particular design? Because we've seen some other designs from Team 100. How long did that take? Um, well, what we did was we um, we brainstormed all sorts of different ideas of arms. Like we we definitely did think of like uh, there's an elevator arm, a, tele a telescoping arm, a telescoping like elevator arm. There's a lot of different types, and then we may had like a pros and cons list of like, and then we like ranked it for like how how easy it would be to build, um, how easy it would be uh, to like, yeah, how efficient it would be. We made a decision matrix basically. And we weighed out like which ones would be best, which ones would we could build the fastest within the six-week period, and how much time we had left. The easiest to repair because during competition, if something goes wrong, we would need to be able to fix it fast. Otherwise, we really couldn't get points if we can't place tubes. So all those were really big factors, and then we went by popular vote based on that. Sounds like a very logical way to go about designing your robot. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this is neat to watch. So six weeks to build it, how many hours? Did he ask you that yet? Um, each girl put a minimum of 100 hours within the six-week period, but most girls put a lot more. Some girls put up to like almost 400 hours, and because we work at like the NASA Ames lab, it's easy to drop in anytime, so girls can come whenever they want. We have mentors there. It's a nice environment, so it's really fun, yeah. So is it through through your, the Girl Scouts uh, troop that you have your contacts at NASA that you are able to get the space and the and the project together? Basically, um, we were founded by the Girl Scouts and NASA, so we use a NASA lab, and that's basically where we work. That's where all the girls work. That's where our mentors stay, all our machines and everything. So yeah, that's our lab space. A little inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. We, we hope to be. Yeah, especially because there are not many girls in the workforce for engineering. It's mostly just males, so that's one of our girl, um, goals. Our mission is basically to inspire girls in technology and engineering. I think that's a great goal. And are you guys going to work in technology and engineering? Is that where the direction that you're headed? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, definitely a lot about robotics is that you learn a lot of like mechanical stuff or um, like programming, all of this stuff that you wouldn't, you would start learning in college, but now you get like a head start on it. So I mean, like I've heard from uh, um, alumni on our team that uh, she was in mechanical engineering, and the thing is that she's like, oh yeah, in my welding class and like in my like CADing class and my solid work stuff, like I know I already know all this stuff, and everyone's just learning it, so it's really easy for me. So I mean, you definitely do get a head start on like what you want to be, yeah. what you want to be, and what you want to be doing. Well. Thank you so much. Keep on working on it. Thanks. Best of luck. Best of luck, yeah. Let's keep walking, shall Let's we? Let's keep moving. I love first robotics. That's I think it's cool. Yeah, a we fantastic competition. We didn't have that in my high school. No. But to have NASA contacts that early? Oh my goodness. Helpful. I'm just she's like, yeah, we work at NASA. We have access to <laughs> NASA's labs. That's awesome. I wonder if the other people are like. Not many kids can say that. <laughs> we got Bill Nye's climate lab. I wonder if we can find Bill Nye. Bill Nye was very popular on, I think it was on PBS, actually. Um, it, was, it was PBS. Bill, and Bill Nye, the Made science, science cool. That, that was one of the first science shows I saw mm -hmm. beyond Mr. Wizard and that kind of thing. 
but they did a lot of work to get kids interested in just Look, science is cool. Science yeah. is very cool. This is what you can build at any time. And they do, um, and now he's working with the Chabot Space and Science Center, uh, which is in the East Bay, in the Bay Area. And okay. it's um, a great place you can actually go. They have giant telescopes, and you can go planet watching or what is this? We have to find out what this is. Exploratorium Harmony Swing Set. So uh, it's a bunch of scaffolding and looks swings. Like opportunities for kids to smack into each other. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure exactly what we're looking at or why, but this is. Hmm. It looks like Harmony the swings swing set. might. Did they make a mute? Like make a sound? That's what I'm wondering. They're connected to these pipes, but let's see. I don't what know if they find? actually do make a sound. I think they're trying to get the kids going all at once, oh, okay. so, so they're getting started right now. So they're going to make the kids swing all at once. Oh. I'm going to ask one of the gentlemen. Yeah, so I'm still not sure exactly what the goal is. Or what's going on? Maybe I'll ask. I'll ask one of the gentlemen here what's going on. May I ask you what's going on with the Harmony Swing Set? The Harmony Swing Set is a swing set where all the swings are tuned to each other. So they basically play a chord. It's like a musical instrument, but it's at a frequency that you can only see. You can't hear. Ah, it's a very, very low frequency. It's a very, very low frequency. So um, within 35 seconds, one swing will sing seven times. The one on the other top end will swing 14 times. So it'll do seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 swings within the same amount of time. Because they're all ratios of each other, they're tuned to each other, and they'll come in and out of sync with each other. So you can see patterns developing within the swings. It sounds like a lot of fun, and the kids get to swing. How and do the kids get to swing, and the adults get to swing. <laughs> okay, how did you even start to come up with this concept to execute um, it in this way? Well, this was originally uh, a physics paper done in 1991 at a University of Miami, and then uh, a man named Ramo that runs a science museum in Switzerland called Technorama did a tabletop version. The Exploratorium built a large version like this with... 14 balls sure. and 14 pendulums and then I decided that it would be best if you could actually experience yourself where you're the bob and the pendulum, you're the weight and you could be inside the exhibit yourself. So what we're seeing right now is the small version of it and you built it to a much larger scale behind us. Yes, um, 29 foot tall, longest swing, the shortest ones, 5 foot 6. How long did it take you to put this together? Um, this is the second time I've put it up. Um, so I had a, a bit of pre-planning, but this basically took me three days to, to rig and hang and tune. You have to tune it like an instrument. Sounds fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we're off to the next area. <laughs> okay, so we're going to keep on moving past the Exploratorium. The Exploratorium has a really large exhibit here, actually. We've got a whole bunch of interactive sculptures and... Lots of interactive stuff to play with. So what's going on here? A chain? 
It's a bicycle wheel and a chain. It's called the lariat chain. Oh, so you can, it's like a, uh, a rope for, you know, a lariat where the cowboys. I, I'm, I I'm got nodding. nothing here. You can't see that right now. On air, I'm nodding. <laughs> Ayaz is nodding. I'm, I'm losing my words. Okay, so what we should do is find some more things. Let's go find some more things. Let's go for a walk. Shall we? We yeah. passed the lariat chain. We can try to do play-by-play -play <laughs> as we try to get to the next place. We got something built by two, well, of toothpicks to the right here. Uh, we yeah. have what looks to be a ship. A man has built a hat with Big Ben on it. Toothpick sculpture making, and this is toothpick artist Scott Weaver's work. That That's looks amazing. Like a, you need a lot of patience to do something like that. Yeah. And the other thing is, if you get very angry, you want to, you can actually smash your work, which is very, very <laughs> bad. So not, <laughs> not for the Hulk or, or myself. No. So we're going to keep walking. Let's go this direction. It's okay. a little bit wider sure. open. Here we have more sculptures, kind of like Jenga. Um, letting kids play with blocks. Letting kids city blocks. Not Lincoln Logs, city blocks. City blocks. Because this is what you build in the city. You don't build little <laughs> cabins and such. We want to head, let's head this direction. Sure. I'm going to squeeze through here, if you past guys don't know, the sand tapestries. Kiki has a mental map of the floor, and uh, I'm just following her. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. So over here, I wanted to see DIY drones. Okay. DIY drones so these are, are unmanned. unmanned aerial vehicles so you can uh, the idea is that you build yourself I mean this these are these are vehicles that uh, police units are using to scout uh, areas of Los Angeles these are uh, units similar vehicles are being used by the military you can build your own so you can build and control your own drone now I kind of wonder about this in yeah. general why you would do it well why don't we ask them we could do that would somebody like to answer some questions sure. That's very accusatory. I know. Would you like to answer questions? Yes. So we're with Twit TV and DIY drones. Why would somebody want to build their own UAV? Why not? Because you can is the answer. Because um, you can. I love that answer. You know, um, we know about robots. We're used to robots. But um, the uh, notion of flying robots is still kind of le bleeding edge. It sounds like something that only the military could do. Well, the truth is that it's easy and cheap, and children can do it now. So you say it's easy and cheap. How much does, uh, does something like this cost? Um, a, a UAV like that, uh, a drone like that, would probably be around um, maybe $400. Okay, and easy. You say kids could do it. What kind of uh, work goes into building one? Are you just following instructions, or do you have to actually have some knowledge? It depends on what you want. Um, if all you want is just to fly, that's, you can do that. If you want to get your hands dirty, and we do encourage that, you can program, you can solder, you can add sensors, you can change the functionality. It's, you know, um, we're not Walmart. Um, if, 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 if what you want is a toy, that's fine. Lots of other people will do it. Um, but we take the DIY aspect pretty seriously. And what, what, ideally what we have is like a great game. Easy to pick up, but hard to master. And what kind of skill set do you think a beginner would have to have for this to, to we, even get into this? We encourage them to know how to fly an RC plane. Okay. Um, that's about it. That's it. So if you you can play, learn on a toy, and then really learn how to build your own. Exactly. What you do is you actually start with a toy, and then you just you just uh, get a, a toy plane made out of foam, pretty much indestructible, and then um, once it's flying, you just put an autopilot in, and you know this you give the plane the plane a brain. 
So you can can you do more complex things with? I see a lot of laptops around here. So can you control things with, via the laptop or yeah, just? So, so what? What? A, or an iPhone? Or an iPhone? Exactly. What? What a drone is is it's autonomous, which is to say it flies itself. Uh, so um, rather than flying the plane via laptop, you you tell it where you want it to go. You click on a map, and you give it GP, uh, GPS waypoints. Go to this latitude, that, that you know, longitude. You know, circle. It's called loiter. Um, take pictures, start the video, come home, etc. So you think of it as uh, scripting a mission rather than flying a plane. The, the, you know, the autopilot flies the plane. I could see this being really useful for scientists or even uh, for people interested in geomapping. Exactly, um, aerial imaging, scientific sensing. Um, what robots are good for are jobs that are dull, dirty, or dangerous. And you know, when you think about it, just eye in the sky, right back and forth, back and forth, super dull. Great job for robots. Yeah, and you don't necessarily have to pay a pilot or get a big plane to be able to do it. You just set this up to go. And As you can see, you know, there's no need to, you know, uh, deal with things that are heavy or dangerous. I mean, if one of these hit you, I mean, it's it's lighter than a bird. What's the maximum size you think somebody could build on their own? We've seen some pretty, I mean, small scale. Well, we brought small scale once because we had a small table. But I mean, um, are you advocating, like, can you build gigantic no, we, we ones? we encourage or? people to stay under 2.2 pounds, okay. um, which is kind of a regulatory threshold. Um, we encourage them, so uh, what we look for is ideally things like this that are foam. They okay. weigh under 2.2 pounds. Um, they are what's called, uh, made of friable materials. So even if they went into a jet intake, they just disintegrate. Um, they have propellers in the back, not in the front, so if they hit somebody, no harm done. Uh, they're really designed to be no more dangerous than the bird. Very cool. Well, thank you very thank much. You. I find it, find it fascinating and fun. Maybe I'll get into it myself. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. So originally I was a little bit iffy on it. Now I think I want to do this. You want to do this, right? Yeah, I'd like to see. See, follow me, as I know where it's at. <laughs> we want to head this way. Good idea. Here. Let's go to the left. <laughs> we're going to go to the left. And we're going to move like crabs. But yeah, that was... Hmm. I just, you could do so many different things. Just going from point to point to see if it works first. Yeah. It worked and it came back. Kind of a neat idea in general. Yeah. So over here on the right is a bunch of young maker stuff. So this is um, the gr a group through the Make magazine trying to get kids involved in making. Um, that's the young makers. And behind us, I think, is a geek dad stuff. You can't really see the signs, but uh, with Wired, you have uh, geek dads. So if you're a dad. And you're a geek, yeah. and things for people like you to do with your kids. Well, yeah, I mean, again, <laughs> science is something that had a reputation as uncool, and it doesn't yes. have to be. Let's it see what we got: spark, fun, electronics. Yeah. Got some lights here, a phone. Not sure exactly what we're looking at. That's. It it's just looks cool. Though. It's electronics, getting kids interested, uh, getting people interested in engineering things themselves. So here we have: they have a basic inventor's kit. What they call unleash your inner inventor. Sparkfun Inventors Kit. I, I have to ask, what exactly? And this is a scent of voltage, volt sensor. What's going on here? What's going on here? Hi, I'm Ayaz with Twit. Maybe we can get some questions answered. With Sparkfun. Could you tell us what this big, what looks like a UV meter? Uh, yeah, they are V meters. And, uh, what you're looking at is each one of these is an FM receiver. And they're all tuned, so essentially just an FM radio. Okay. And they're all tuned to different stations. So the first one is 88.1 and 88.3, 88.5. And um, you're seeing the signal power for the entire FM spectrum. 
So all the way down to 107.9. And um, the knob at the bottom is an encoder that will switch through each one to decide which one is coming out of the speakers. And so you can see what you're hearing and compare signals and things like that. How long does it take to build something like this? I mean, you have an adventure kit here. I'd assume you couldn't do it with just one of these. How about this thing? Well, this, we did it in about a week, but overall it was probably 40 plus hours of work because we had several people working on it at a time. And it's all built out of parts that we sell, but we do not sell this entire thing as a kit. For this is not a kit that you would... But you have the plans up online. Do you share any of this stuff? Available? Absolutely. Everything we build, including the Tetris game, this has tutorials online that you can you can read at Sparkfun. I'm sorry. Do you say Tetris game? There's, there's yeah. This is, this is a Tetris game over here. You mind if we go over there? Yeah. I'll come out. I'll come out here. That lineup thing so, is a Tetris game. A Tetris game. How I'm fun! Sorry. And we're gonna go talk to Chris about it. Okay. And I'm running people over. No! Don't run over people. Chris is coming over here to talk to us. Oh, about it. I see. So there's the red Tetris shape coming down, and you control it with the buttons on the side. So this is another thing that you could build yourself. Uh, yes, this is one of our first uh, big projects that we ever did, and it is built entirely out of parts that we sell. Um, and so the parts, the code, the tutorial, um, you know, how to put it together, the schematic, all online and all for free. So this doesn't look like a beginner project. It looks like something you probably need to know. What, 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 is the, what is the basic skill set you need before you even start something like this? To start something like this, you would need to know how to solder, at least through hole soldering. You would need to know how to program a microcontroller, and you would have to have enough skills to be able to fabricate something like this. So this was all you know, fabricated from scratch with you know, raw materials. Okay, so you might need to be a woodworker to make some of this stuff. Potentially, you just have access to tools. That's, that seems really interesting. You also have the Arduino cookbook over there. You also have Arduinos that you sell and, and, and plans for that, those kinds of uh, projects? Oh, absolutely. We have uh, anything uh, the electronics hobbyists yeah. could want. Um, so our, a lot of our business is Arduino. We also have sensors and uh, you know, chips like FM receivers uh, just for electronics mm -hmm. hobbyists. Right. I'm watching the kids play Tetris, and they're really loving it. <laughs> now, it's fun. With, there's a rotary phone as well on your uh, your desk here. Why is there a rotary phone? Uh, what we've done is that's an old phone that we, we find sources online for these old phones, uh, pull out some of the guts and convert them into cellular phones. So that will operate just like an old rotary phone with the, the circular dial, but it is a cell phone, so you can carry it around with you or, or play jokes on your friends like we do. So there's a battery in there, like, like a SIM card or something? Absolutely. Just a lithium polymer battery. It's rechargeable, and you put your SIM card into it. Okay, I want just, one. You can just carry it around with you and right. answer your phone. We also sell a Bluetooth version, so you can pair. <laughs> you can pair your phone, and it'll ring when your phone... I build one of these. This looks awesome. Well, there's it a tutorial how to do fun. it online. This is Spark Fun Electronics. That's correct. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. I wonder if, the, if this is, I mean, there's the steampunk. I wonder how much old technology, like he said, you know, kind of going retro with technology. I know I mean, about we rotary. Have, from, our, from our youth, rotary phones, I mean, it's kind of nostalgic for me. And I have to admit, I saw the rotary phone and I'm like, oh, whatever, telephone. You know, I don't even think, I mean, everyone now thinks cell phones or, you know, uh, your handheld sets or whatever. You hardly ever see rotary phones. And I, of course, I just look right past it. I'm like, well, if you oh, think whatever. about when, they, when you do rotary phone, you go, call me. It, you, phones don't look like this anymore. Phones used to look like that over there, and they used to 
kind of fit your head. Now it's like, call me. So when I see that, I'm like, call oh, yeah, me. I remember phones. <laughs> the rotary, though, when you mess up after the ninth one, you're like, no. Yeah. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's I gotta remember the Sparkfun.com. They I'm going are, to be checking this out later. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of old phones. I, I could easily do that. Yes. And they actually have a, a soldering workshop here, a, a builder, a builder's workshop, so you can make your own stuff through here. And there are a lot of kids using the Sparkfun components and uh, and building stuff here in the workshop. Which I think is a, a lot of the, the good aspect of the Maker Fair. It's not just people, you know, uh, vendors bringing their wares to sell. They're it's not actually, just exhibitors, it's, it's people teaching. In, it's, yeah, teaching and sharing and helping the next the next generation of makers come to come to that. Right, Maker Fair is all about DIY and they really want you to learn how to do it yourself. Yeah, so here we have a bunch of lanterns that are lighting up. It's this like is a visualizer. Really, it is. It's a very low-res display. Yes, it is. Very nice. Shift brights. Now Here we have a. Great. Oop, I'm sorry. To build a lounge. Yeah. And it build looks a like lounge. Awesome lounge. You could build it in your garage. This is called the shift bright. Ooh, some pretty bright lights well, here. We have a big QR code. Yes, you have a QR code, so you can. You can scan and find out more information about these kinds of things. Yeah. So it seems to be so a So this is this interface. company is called Mace Tech, M A C E T E C H, mm -hmm. Mace Tech, and you can go to their website macetech.com to find out more about their products. Um, it looks as though they've There's a touch screen that I mm -hmm. guess you can control what color it shows up on the top there. So they've got some really neat uh, RGB LEDs, yeah, controller chips, purple. Um, it says this uses a simple clocked serial interface to receive brightness data for each color. Each color can have 10, 24 brightness levels, resulting in over a billion possible colors. This fascinating. This is awesome. This looks like fun. I'm I like I like stars. fun lighting. So exactly. Actually, my fun lighting. <laughs> this is great. I, I just got a new house. I think a lot of this is going into it. <laughs> I think that's some of the great fun is you can take this stuff and you can uh, put it together in your own house, however you see, however you're interested. Oh, over here in the corner, Applied Kinetic Arts. This that's is where we've um, been trying to get to. This is where I've been trying to get. So we're we're getting to <laughs> we're getting to where we've been trying we've to go. We've seen some pretty cool stuff along the way. Yes. So let's see, Applied Kinetic Arts. It here are people making roller coasters on the left. That's kind of fun. And so is that? Physics fun. That insulation tubing? Yeah, insulation tubing. It's neat. So here we are. Applied kinetic arts. Okay. Now been this is a to get group. Here all day. What is we've it? been wanting to get here all day. Uh, so kinetic arts is a group of artists, um, an artist collective that create kinetic art. So art that moves. Okay. Sculpture that moves. And there are, as we can see, all sorts of different incarnations of this and we have um, kinetic bug jars here's a oops someone's pushing Let's a button see. push the button and hold moving eyeballs. eyeballs up and down <laughs> <laughs> so so what do you think you're you're interacting with the art how does it make you feel this one uh, just, I don't know it's okay it's kind of like wait here wait now, oh, there we go. Better. Yeah, better. <laughs> Do you appreciate art that you can interact with like this more than something that you have to stare at on the wall? 
Oh yeah, totally. I find the stuff that you have to like think about, like get the science first, and then they're like, you know, like, boom, oh, oh, I get it. That's the cool stuff, for sure. Yeah, I love this. Um, what's your name? Peter. Peter, I'm Kiki. I'm with Twit TV. We're yes, this week in tech, we're wandering around. Do you think there's a lot that uh, that kids can learn from the you know the science, the physics of of art like this? Uh, yeah, totally. I'm sort of blown away by like I was. There's a little little Asian girl over there soldering circuit boards. I was like, out of my realm. Like, oh my god, if only. <laughs> not something. Not something everyone did when we were kids. No, imagine if we did though. The world is going to be a crazy place. Give it a few years. It already is. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much. And this one says, "Do not touch." This is one of the few ones we can't touch. It, I don't know what it is, but I like it. Over in the back is like a, ro a, a robot deer. Just check that out. Don't do it. You take a look at those, those, I don't know if they're sculptures or if they're actual moving machines. And what, are you, what you're getting to see now are actually made out of old typewriters. This is made by Jeremy Mayer. He makes full-scale human figures. You can see a human figure over there. Uh, he doesn't solder. He doesn't weld them. He doesn't glue them. He reassembles them. Oh, wow, that's just crazy. So these are all held together by the components of old typewriters. The whole thing is built out of typewriters. Here we have a human head, which is kind of creepy looking, with a mustache. And on the left, looks like a deer of some kind. Wow, no glue, no soldering. It's a fawn? fawn. I think it's a fawn. A is it a doe? A female deer. <laughs> Something like that. I think it's just fascinating that you could actually put this stuff back together using typewriter parts. I'm over here. Let's see, I think Ayaz has put down the microphone for a second. I'm over here with Alan Rory, who is... You're, your name is on the program yeah. associated with Applied Kinetic Arts. That's right. Why That's right. is that? Uh, I'm the official cat herder this year. I'm the, I'm the curator this year, and uh, Applied Kinetic Arts is a collective. We're a group of friends and similar artists who work in kinetic art and all know each other. And um, the group was started by my friend Nemo and Christopher, who are members of the group. And, you know, do Maker Fair, everybody wants to come, but you know, we wanted to show our stuff together and have a nice little section, so we kind of pulled all our resources a couple of years ago, and every year it keeps getting bigger and bigger, and uh, we've passed on the chairmanship from year to year, and this year it was my turn to organize everything and lay it all out and fill out all the paperwork, and so, yep, so my name is on the, your, on the thing. Your name's on the list, and you've brought your own art. Yeah, yeah, I brought, uh, this, this piece over here is one of I'll my... Duck. The Uira engine. This is a kinetic high voltage sculpture. Um, it's a little bit of science fiction and a little bit of science fact. Um, the science, Do explain. The science fiction is this is um, the engine to the Reagan Gothic rocket, um, which is a 40 foot tall hand built aluminum rocket ship that was here at Maker Faire last year and is now on Pier 14 in San Francisco. And uh, for that piece, I built this, uh, which is uh, the, the, the engine of the piece. And uh, we wanted something that was going to have a high voltage effect in it and be slowly rotating under the floor. So when you climbed up into the rocket, you would actually look underneath, you would look down, and you'd look at this sculpture from above, and below you, you'd see these six cylinders very slowly turning like this. 
and then we turn it on, and these fill with a, um, a high-voltage plasma discharge, and that's the science fact. So this was built in collaboration with um, uh, Dr. Wade Enright, who's a professor of uh, electrical engineering at University of Canterbury, and he works with this effect called a dielectric barrier discharge. Dielectric barrier discharge is like a capacitive effect, and each one of these tubes is basically a giant capacitor. It's got an aluminum tube on the inside with a thin dielectric. Dielectric is a resistive, an insulative material. And this one is really thin and really fire resistant. So the fact that it's really thin means when we apply a high voltage across here, like 15,000 volts, we get a very, very high potential because the potential is measured in volts per distance, volts per millimeter, volts per inch. So we've got high volts, low millimeters, high potential. And that potential is so strong that it breaks down the air of the, the air around it and um, the electrons rip out through the air and cause a plasma discharge, basically little lightning bolts that arc all along here and we could shape it. These are shaped as a cylinder and they get shaped by the wire. And um, he, he, he works with this effect, but there were a lot of things that he didn't know about it. Like what happens if you run six of them together? What happens if you put a vacuum on it? What happens if you put uh, different gases in it? So I built this both as this sculpture, but also as an experimental platform to explore this phenomena, to see what happens when you put a vacuum on it, what the different voltages do and that kind of thing. Um, so it's both, it's kind of on that border of science fiction and science fact. Can we see it work or does it? I can't turn on the high voltage here. Um, it's, it's, it requires a somewhat controlled environment and it also requires darkness to really see it. But I have pictures of it online, and I can send you a video of it. Where can people find it online? Uh, almostscientific.com. And you just follow the link on the main page to the Uirai engine, and there are tons of great videos of it. Now, you've come from science into art and are still melding science and art. Why do you why do, you do that? Why bring the two together? Um, personally, um, how, so when I was working in science, I loved it, but one of the things that frustrated me is I felt I was working very much in the abstract. I was starting off in the physical world and generating abstractions and communicating those abstractions. And while the work was very satisfying, I found that that process at the end of the day wasn't satisfying. What I really discovered was that I wanted to go in the opposite direction. I really wanted to start off with the abstract and bring it into the physical world. And uh, I wanted to work more with my hands, and I wanted to projects that ran a little quicker, had a higher turnover rate, you know. Um, and also to use, so when I got into making things, I, you know, wanted to use it as a platform to communicate science and to get people interested and curious and wondering about things. And I think combining aesthetics, I, I feel like when you have an, something that has an aesthetic quality to it, it draws people in. They're more willing to ask questions. What is this? What does it do? How does it do that? And they're far less intimidated by, you know, by presenting them with a machine or, you know, something technical. And so it brings out questions. And once you get people asking questions, then you could teach them. Well, I think it's great. This is cool. I can't, I'm, I, I'd love to see it live and see everything glowing, but. It's gorgeous, but it requires darkness and uh, a small, intimate group. And it's, it's just not right for, for Maker Faire. Next time. Maybe next time, <laughs> maybe next time, yeah. I'm sure, the, I'm sure you can go see one of the giant Tesla coils. Yes. Exactly. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. No problem, Dr. Kiki. Anytime. We're going to keep on walking. Yeah. I'm going to come back and say hi again. <laughs> okay. So, kinetic art using science, physics, engineering, bringing it all together.
<sighs> we made it through the building, Ayaz. So Only is, one side of it, but we made it through the building. Do we want to go over and see 50 Dangerous Things? Oh, do we want... That would take wandering all the way back that direction. There's a, there's a, there's a scowl on Jeff's face. <laughs> that's a, big, a backpack pain a that's happening. There, so. We could maybe see if we can hang out on the uh, front porch of this this little house, or there's a a, a a little car that people have made over here. And over like here, we're seeing on some a large vehicles. Beetle of some kind. I'm not even making that up. No, it is a large beetle of some kind. It's beautiful. Do you want to talk to the beetle maker? We could if we could. Assuming either one of these folks are. Yeah. The maker. Hi. Are either one of you involved with the beetle? Uh, my yes. And I built this. Ah, what's your name? My name's Kirsten Mate. I'm Kirsten too. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm not. I'm sorry. I go. You're not Kirsten. <laughs> I'm the Kirsten double team. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. How fun. So tell me about your vehicle. Uh, this is the Electrobite. It's a trilobite. Um, it's built on a wheelchair, electric base. And it is completely composed of steel, cold rolled steel, and well pounded, welded all together, just as you see. And this thing can actually move? It can move, yeah. I'd have to unhook the special switch, though, because they got a secret kill switch. But <laughs> yeah. Keep it down. Yeah. Nobody wants a rogue trilobite. Yeah, here, let's see. Uh oh. We might actually get a demo of the trilobite moving. The secret switch, the secret kill switch. Oh, so we're actually going to see a demo of this. This is great. This is great. Okay. So there seems to be switches, and there's a little controller on the top. And Make sure you're still writing. Yes. This is my friend Amy, and she's going to... Hi, Amy. Well, you could just yeah, run right into Jeff. Yeah, it's forward back. So it's on slow, so tell me if you want me to turn it up. <laughs> As we try not to run over children. Yes. yes. Mauled by a trilobite at the Maker Fair. Right. So... As you see, that's you know, it's built on a certain family of trilobite, which I can never uh, pronounce their name. Um, Why a trilobite? Uh, because I saw pictures of them, and they're they're all fossiled, uh, and they have a huge variety of looks. And they're a bug, but they're completely armored, and they, but they have a lot of different characteristics. And some have one horn like a triceratops, and some have two horns like we did. Uh, they have tails, they have eyes, no eyes, com you know, huge, uh, several eyes. So it, it was sculpturally, they were very beautiful, and so we thought it'd be fun, and it also lent itself well to steel in the way that it was constructed. Is this one in a series, or is this one alone? This is the only trilobite we have. We also have a giant gastropod, which is not here, and that's our snail. Um, nice. the golden mean and then we have a uh, zeppelin which is not an animal he's gone I don't know where he is Our <laughs> running off. around and actually right now we are trying to build two 50-foot uh, metal serpents for us uh, we got a grant partial grant from Burning Man this year to build the two serpents so are you looking to bring the, the serpents to Burning Man, or will you also bring it to Maker Fair next year? Well, we'd bring it to Maker Fair. We were hoping to have the head here this year, but it wasn't complete enough. So, we're, you know, it was just not complete enough to build for the, to, to bring here to show off. So we'll have it here next year. <laughs> what goes into building and creating these, these works? Um, <laughs> 
I don't know, mostly just lots of time. Uh, the serpents actually have been R&D'd a lot more than any of these, mostly because they're such a large project and they actually have some more technology in them. These are all pretty simple. For us, we've always taken a base that worked for the snail. We took a 66 Volkswagen Beetle and just stripped it down. So we knew it was a platform that already worked and then just used it as a way to build sculpture around it. Um, so basically we would just put the, <laughs> we just drove it in and took chalk and drew on the ground the outline <laughs> and then started building it. Thank you, Amy. Yay. <laughs> Ta-da. Um, and then it takes a lot of discussions as we're going as to physically how, A, how we want it to look like and B, what we can actually accomplish because that's not always, like the back end of this was always a lot of discussion, you know, how to how to make a back end and bend, you can't do compound curves very easily. And in fact, on the snail, we had to invent, we had to build an English wheel, which is a way to make a compound curve in metal. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of building tools while we're going. So um, actually creating the tools that you're going to need to build right. what you're making. Right. Yeah. So I would say there's a lot of time, but we are, but when I say how long it took us, people are just amazed because it actually doesn't take us that long. But it feels to me like, uh, you know, 90% talking and trying stuff out. Oh, there's the Zeppelin. Oh, the Zeppelin. Talking and trying stuff out and 10% of of actually build time. So you design these in place. You don't like build them in, in CAD or on a computer first and then the make them. This is the first thing that we've designed in. Hey, be careful with my. <laughs> uh, the, the serpents are the first thing that we've designed in actually Google SketchUp. <laughs> so because tools, yeah, yeah, there are kids in there. Yeah, that's I, that's. I see there's many, a bed back there. <laughs> there are many children inside that zeppelin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he picks them up and brings them back. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so we and we've designed that in CAD and it's been great except that you have to have an engineer or somebody who actually does the metalwork do the CAD because we'll get the drawing back from our friend who's been really great and she's been helping us build that except then he, he comes back and he says where does this point terminate I don't have anything to connect this to blah 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 so it still is a lot of just then putting saying oh this is perfect and then outlining it in chalk on the ground again so <laughs> but it gives us a better idea of and gives us a physical thing to talk about ahead of time you know like why isn't this curved this yeah. is my husband John Saragardi hello he built the trilobite and that's his zeppelin the zeppelini so have you had a fun time riding around that on at, at Maker Faire? I have. It's it's. Uh, I have to fight the kids off. <laughs> Everybody wants to know where's the tickets and how do they get on it? Yeah. So, and now they want to ride the trilobite. <laughs> um, in in terms of building all this stuff and if, if people can't have aren't making it, we're live right now broadcasting. So if people are out there watching and interested in what you're building, can they find you on the web and see what you're doing, or do they have to find you at an event? Uh, no, they can find us on the web. It's www.oilpunk.com. And excellent. we have a, a very excellent blog with all kinds of crazy events and things we build and things we make and our lives in general. Definitely check it out now for the new project because we have a blog about the building of that. And we don't want to reveal exactly what it turns out to look like so that people are surprised when they see it, but we want to show end. how it's being done and parts of it as they're completed. And that's on the same blog, or you can just go to Serpent Twins. 
Serpent Twins? Yeah, serpenttwins.com. It's got two T's in the middle, which looks weird, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It'll work. It's all good. Thank you very much. They're beautiful. I love Absolutely great. The uh, I love what I just love the the artistic aspect of this stuff that they've made. It's just it's well built and beautiful and fun. I mean, I love. Like, somebody yesterday said that it was uh, they felt like the Pied Piper. You know that everywhere they go, they're being chased by kids. Well, we and saw that happen with the we, with the cupcake. Yeah, you see the it with zeppelin. the cupcake, the zeppelin, like these mobile arts uh, art sculptures that you know, kids just chase after. Now I don't know if you can hear this. This is music played on what? Looks like homemade instruments. That actually looks like a cigar box uh, guitar. It does. Maybe some spoken word going on. And, and this is not pedal powered though. Not pedal powered, no, not at all. But there's just some beautiful stuff. Very clangy. Very clangy. Very industrial. What is, so do you think this should have the sign for the potentially as annoying sound? I think it is potentially Do you think annoying. this is the one, this I wins? Think, I think we found a hula hoop. <laughs> There's a hula hoop, yes. Yep. So, ah, they, the, the clangy noises are gone. Oh. Now, yesterday we saw a little bit of this. This is Kuba. It's what a is game. Kuba game. You can go to kubagame.com. It's a really fun game with sticks and um, it's like darts, but not darts. There are these little magnetic pieces that you throw off of two sticks. Okay. It's so kind of like, like using almost like devil sticks kind of thing. Yeah, and you try and, you and aim at the tar at the target. So it's kind of like darts. You're trying to get to the center and you know get have good aim to get it get it on target. That seems really cool, and it's got a safety element too because you're not throwing. You're not throwing a pointy dart. Exactly. So your mom will take it away from you. I mean, you do have two sticks, so you don't want to run around with those, and you know, well, many an eye has been taken out with a stick. Good point. <laughs> not, not a dart, but. <laughs> And that man has what looks to be like meat on a stick. Wow. Did you just say meat on a stick? It's like, it's like, it's like meat on a stick. Oh, it's a turkey leg. It's a turkey. It looks like a whole turkey leg. I don't think that's part I of the game, though. Uh, no, it's not, but he's got a whole turkey leg. There's barbecue. <laughs> so now we have what appears to be a one-man band. And it looks like it's kind of made by himself. We've got some tape there and some straps. See if we can hear any of this. All right. Pretty much something for everybody at Making Fair. Something for everyone. Thank you. One man banjo band. <laughs> One man banjo band. <laughs> One man banjo band. Oh, exit only. Enter other end. Enter where the stairs are, where kids are exiting. So, what do so we have here? this looks like water. <laughs> I don't know what it is. There are a lot of things here that I. I there's the blueberry muffin. I just found the blueberry muffin. Anyway, <laughs> there are a lot of things here. Is, that the, is it the, the electric? blueberry muffin? It's the electric blueberry muffin. We come full circle. We interviewed the other cupcake, and, and there's a donut. No, I think it's a sprinkles, under, sprinkles uh, cupcake. We're under a bubble fire. 
There's soap balloons everywhere. Oh, and yes, there are the, kids making bubbles. Now, what is this here? Have we figured this out yet? You enter. You must have a waiver wristband. You must have a waiver wristband to enter. So you can get hurt. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Should we go up and find out what's going on up there? Um, I, I don't have a waiver wristband. We got a microphone. We're in trouble. <laughs> I know. Which way do we go it's up? It's a black hole. It's a little thing in the front. I think I'm gonna hole. go up. I'm gonna try to see. I'm gonna follow this child. Aha. Uh -huh. Make sure he doesn't fall. Let's see. On the, we got on a way also. All right, heading up to find out what's going on up here. And I'm climbing up the stairs. Oh, it's a whirlpool. So there are a number of of jets pumping water out along the sides of this um, this cylinder. So the water is being pumped in at an angle to the interior and it's forming a whirlpool and the water then whirlpools all the way down and you can play with the water if you want. It's a very nice temperature, a little cold. That was fun. So, so that was the black hole. The black hole. It's a. It's a. Oh, it's called the black That's hole. That's what it's called. Part of the, the clean energy. energy. Explores nature's principle of Small using. Small amounts of energy. Okay. So what did you actually see up there? It's a whirlpool. So oh, okay. there's water being piped in at an angle, and it spins. It it creates a whirlpool and okay. then comes down. So they're. I don't know what kind of uh, energy they're using to pump the water back up, but as it says, they're using small amounts of energy to create, so to do things. We've got the blueberry muffin. And now we have the blueberry muffin. Yeah, you got to love the blueberry so muffin. So this is the thing that started it all? That they came to these electric pastries? Yeah, the kinetic pastries. Exactly. Acme Muffin Engineering. Acme mu <laughs> Muffineering, that actually says. Muffineering, oh, muffineering. Muffin engineering. I like. Oh, muffins. And here comes a pedal-powered car coming up behind us. <clears throat> I bet you could go a lot faster with four people. That would be kind of fun. Well, we got two could hooks. you have a pedal-powered? Jump know, on. Jump on. Let's make this thing ride. Oh, you have a motorized Lazy Boys. See, Did you I, see? What I'm loving is how nonchalant we are with all this stuff. This That's is just what you'll see here. This is. Yeah, we are being nonchalant about it, but. but it's these are things that everyone's made. This is incredible stuff. I think we're also coming up to uh, six o'clock. I think we're like hit, coming up against the. We're, I think it's it's time for us to close, and um, we're heading towards the exit here. But I we were talking earlier about getting a beer. I don't think I don't think I'm actually gonna get take take it to the exit at this point. I think it's time to take it to the food court. Yeah, there's a huge <laughs> amount of food here. We saw that giant turkey leg bigger than our microphones. I don't think I want a turkey leg though, but I thought if you I saw. Want a, you, I do thought, you want a turkey leg and a stein of beer? I think I saw a Sierra Nevada tent. <laughs> there was a Sierra Nevada One of my tent. Favorite beers, companies. Exactly. So, oh, hula hoops! Come on, we found it. We're gonna wrap here. It's time to do hula hoops. We're at the end of the road. Is I that hope what we do at Maker Fair. We do hula hoops. We do end. hula hoops exactly. So I hope that everybody's had a good time virtually joining us here at the Maker Fair. And this thing's still going on. This is gonna be going until what day? I know it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. It, it's only going through Sunday. Yeah, so, so if you're watching this and you want to come down, go at San Mateo. Uh, it's I don't know what it's called. I think 17 bucks for admission or something like that. 
Uh, I think it's $25 for adults. It's online. It's Definitely. online. The information's on online. It's the San Mateo County Event Center. And one more and day, this will be running. So you one more see. day, you can come on out yourselves and get your hands all over all over this stuff and experience it yourself live in person. But I think that about does it. Wow. What do, so what did you think? This was your first time. What do, you, what do you think? What are your, your take-home thoughts? There's so many things I want to try, and, and seeing that everyone has done a lot of this themselves, it's all DIY, it's like encouragement. It's like, yeah, you can do it. If they could do it, you could do it. So I, I'm really glad I, I got to see this in person. Yeah. So all of us, with all of our spare time, I hope that we're all applying ourselves to making it yourself. Then I'll do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching. I'm Dr. Kiki. I'm Maya Zakta. Stay tuned for more great programming on the TWIT Network. We're out.